everybody, and welcome back for another episode of Oh God, It Hurts! Oh God, It Hurts! <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, I am your co-host, Six Button Samurai, a.k.a. JJJ, and with me as always is my stellar lifelong friend from across, well, he's not from across the pond, but he's presently residing across the pond. Game agent ET, how are you, Eddie? Uh, to be very honest, uh, not too good. Uh, I'll explain why real quick. Um, yeah, tell tell our listeners what's what's happening to you and what can be expected. Okay, well, yeah, to talk some real talk. Um, <sighs> um. I've been going to a cancer clinic here in Osaka, and it was because since four years ago, I've noticed that I've had this line that was on my left thumb, and it was pretty small at first. It wasn't very wide. It was probably as wide as a pencil point. But as the years kind of went on, it started growing and growing. And now it's taking up about one third of my thumbnail. And ever since I got this line, I've been really worried about what what was happening. And I looked up what it could be online. I know that some people say you shouldn't do that, but I mean. Well, to be fair, you've also got a history of this in your family. Yes. uh, My father had cancer and he passed away from cancer about five years ago. So I knew that because of that, I could be at a little bit more risk of getting cancer myself. So um, there's a thing called subungal melanoma. And that is when something is under your nail, a tumor. And as it starts to grow, it discolors your nail and it leaves a streak on your Uh, nails starting from the bed and as it grows it'll keep extending and if there are things that happen especially if it gets darker or gets a lot whiter or it gets erratic with the pattern how it grows out then that is a serious sign that you might have some sort of melanoma and I was able to visit this international cancer clinic. That's what it's called uh, here in Osaka. Um, Through a friend who she had a mole that was on her foot and she was worried about it because she didn't know if it was benign or malignant because of, you know, melanoma. It's always something you got to check out. And they removed it for her. And she recommended that place to me. So I did everything I could to get to this clinic. And I have been seeing them since December. And they kept checking it. And I would go back every two months to see if there were any changes. And from the beginning of my visit, uh, I'm sorry, in December, they said, oh, you're you're fine because it it's kind of light colored and it's not turning darker or it's not getting wider but when it does change we'll let you know 
And I went back uh, for my, I believe, fourth visit just uh, last week. And they said, yeah, there's some changes and we got to we got to have surgery. So what happens when you have this sort of thing? They have to first remove the thumbnail, the affected thumbnail and all the skin around it, around the affected area. And this stuff doesn't grow back. Once your nail is gone, it's gone. It doesn't reappear. So uh, you have to cope with that. Um, and then they'll check the skin that contains uh, whatever is in there uh, in a lab. And they'll let me know one month af after surgery what will be the next step. Now, the next step is if it did not spread, if it's cancer and it did not spread, if it's contained, uh, then they will graft skin from another part of my body and cover uh, the part where they took off the nail. And then hopefully I'll be fine for years to come. However, if it did spread, the next step might be amputation of my thumb. So. Yeesh. Yeah, it's well, a, a tough thing to hear, especially yeah. as a gamer. I mean, that is certainly scary, but at the same time, I know that like you're receiving excellent care. You're pretty yeah. early in getting on this, like all things considered. So, you know, there's yeah. some pretty solid reason to be, you know, cautiously optimistic. I am. Um, yeah. I'm not being over overconfident because like I said, uh, my father had cancer. He had it three times. Yeah. And I know it's, you never want to underestimate cancer, but you definitely want to fight. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep fighting, uh, from this day onward and just, Yeah. Um, whatever happens, it happens, but that's a part of life. And the only thing you can do is just stay optimistic, make sure to really keep your friends in mind and your family. And I'm just glad to be doing this podcast with you because this is one of the things that keeps my mind off certain things that are, you know obstructions in life yep. i'm real glad to be talking with you it's yeah it's making me feel really good i'm glad buddy how's things going yeah. with you james uh the usual you know um just getting the hang of my new gig you know um enjoying it for yeah. the most part like i've got really good teammates and you know, there's some exciting opportunities to do something a little different for them, but you know, it, uh, it takes a lot of time and, you know, uh, I'm just trying to remain patient and plugged in and just, you know, put one foot in front of the other. Well, it's good. You got a good team. Cause you know what they say? Teamwork yeah. makes a dream work. True. <laughs> I think For I learned sure. that from I learned that from reading Rainbow. Thank you, LeVar Burton. LeVar Burton's pretty great. He's the best. Um, yeah. 
Should we dive into the usual spate of yes? Are you, for, well, first of all, like, are you are you are you done saying everything you had to say about like your condition and yeah, what's going to happen yeah. and all that? Yeah. Okay. Um, I I know there's a lot of uh of quite a few friends that both of us know that you know very close to me. Uh, I hope they hear this and yeah, I hope to keep in touch with you soon. Yeah. But yeah, I figure you're going to be, you're going to be good. Yeah. I'll be All fine. Will be well. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, we're going to talk about a whole lot of infinitely less important things. Um, <laughs> starting with the, you know, uh, I think the last time we talked, yeah. there was one prominent person and a variety of others who had rumored that there was a big Nintendo direct that would happen at the end of June. However, in classic Nintendo fashion, yes, that was thwarted and it was what they call a partner direct that focused entirely on third party offerings. Yeah. So it was a half truth, I guess. I don't blame that person for reporting that she didn't know, but right. Nintendo's a tricky one. They, they are do these kind of things that, yeah, unpredictable. See anything you were excited about? You know, to be honest, uh, I am definitely interested in quite a few things, uh, especially near Automata. Mm-hmm. I'd be lo- I'm looking forward to playing that on the Switch. Um, I hope yeah, it's a good port, but it's yeah. I mean. The trouble with that one is that even like a variety of the other existing ports of that game exhibit some problems, like even the PC one. Yeah. And um, it's a fairly like ambitious, like PS4 slash Xbox One level game. So hmm. I hope that one lands well, but like, it may take a really good effort and some choices to be made for that to like still run at 60 frames per second. Cause I mean, yeah. it's like a, it's like a full on like platinum action game. So like having it run smooth is arguably more important than if it was a game from, you know, a slightly more mellow genre. So it's understandable because yeah. People are worried about being at a three as well, but from what I understand and from what I played, especially being at a one, that yeah. seems to be working pretty good. But I know it's not a game that is as demanding as number two or well, not even number two. Number two is on the Wii U, so you shouldn't yeah. really make any problems. I mean, I with think that. that game will be fine, especially since they're like building it from the ground up on the Switch. I mean, yeah. Good art direction will get you really far. You know what I Definitely. mean? You can disguise a lot of hardware shortcomings if you're creating the game in a way that understands the limitations of the hardware it's going to reside on. It's just when you bring yeah. something that's definitely, you know, a much more ambitious and technically demanding game, that's when, you know, sometimes those things take a bit of a beating on the switch. I mean, 
it's interesting there's a number of ports that are like that like people think of the doom ports as like quasi miracles on the switch like yeah. they shouldn't really exist yeah. or be able to run that well even though like there's a ton of there's a ton of you know sort of telltale signs like you know low resolution textures or other choices that they made to get that game to those games to run right but you know yeah. we'll we'll see how it turns out i hope it turns out nicely i hope so too i mean there's also the witcher they did a good job porting that to right. switch and that was also a similarly like crazily ambitious port you know just depends on but, the team you got man yeah so hopeful for that the persona games three four and five royal yeah that sounds good um i was actually surprised to see pac-man world repack yeah that would be fun to play uh i've never played it before but it looks kind of fun I um, had an ex-girlfriend that used to play those games and they were kind of interesting looking platformers, but like, I don't know. There were, uh, they were never things that I was really drawn to play. And it's also like, if you've watched anybody else play too much of a game, mm-hmm. then you're just like, well, there's like really nothing there for me to discover. Yeah. So, wow. I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll be decent, but I don't know. Like I didn't I didn't really see a lot in this particular partner direct that like blew me away, but at the same time, like there's mm-hmm. plenty of other games that I'm interested in right now. I'm excited for when the Klonoa one and two package drops fairly soon. Um Yeah, uh this week I think, right? Pretty soon, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. And then Monster Hunter Rise people get Sunbreak or they already have it now. Yeah. And then uh there's a game that I saw at Bit Summit called <laughs> RPG Time The Legend of Right. Hmm. Did you see the clip of that? Because I did not. Oh, um it's an indie game and uh basically it looks like uh it's really nice because it looks like um one of those games where you see things being drawn on the screen and there's like a big notebook and it's a role-playing game, but kind of like as things go on, you see like a pencil drawing stuff and you can erase stuff. And when I saw it at Bit Summit, I thought, wow, this would be a pretty interesting game to play on Switch because it's quite unique and they're pulling it off with the aesthetics. It looks really, really beautiful. And nice. I believe it was on other systems, and now it's finally on Switch or coming to Switch. I think it's worth a look if you get a chance or anyone else gets a chance. Definitely check nice. it out. Yeah. Other than that, uh, Sonic Frontiers and Mario and Rabbids, it's like way back of the list of things I want to play. Right. Like, uh, no, it's no bueno for me like i I don't know it's weird man like i i've heard that sonic origins is plagued with glitches galore Mm -hmm. and a lot of that has to do with the rush development cycle yeah it's also even more of a bummer because technically this is actually coming from sonic team and isn't it weird how they keep denying or keep trying to convince people that 
Oh no, it's not rushed. Oh no, you 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 didn't get you, that was the early beta. It's all right. good now. But no, I mean it's see, still yeah. people are still reporting a lot of issues with it and like I don't know, man. Like I, I, to me like considering the upside of how many of those titles you could sell through if it's good. Mm-hmm. And like what a repeat seller that would be like, I just, I don't understand. Like there's so much about the conceptualization of that game that I just frankly don't understand now, especially after mania was so good. So universally praised, you know, they even hit us with DLC for that one. And we were happy with it because it meant more of a good thing. Yeah. And yet they just managed to get damn near everything wrong with this one. You know? Um You know, it's it's funny because it's like Mario and Kirby recently went this route where they transplanted their main characters into scenarios where it looked a little strange. It's not something that you would normally see them in, but it still fit. Mm-hmm. It's, they made it fit and they right. didn't force anything. They worked with the character with the backgrounds and made it feel kind of like an interesting story, especially the Kirby game. Yeah. It feels fun going mm-hmm. through like a derelict kind of wasteland almost. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, it's almost like Kirby I, showed up in The Last of Us. You yeah I mean? exactly like it's, it's, exactly it's, all you need are the zombies uh-huh. exactly <laughs> but then you look at sonic and then you see he's on an island and it's kind of drab not colorful yeah and he's running through a vast landscape and it's not very fun looking yeah it's just not a good fit i don't know what I they can just, do to make it fit yeah i don't know i mean I get, like I would still almost argue that Sonic Frontiers given what kind of game sell what kind of game sell really really well I mean Open Sandbox is kind of like the biggest still like the biggest ongoing cash grab of them all you know what I mean mm, like if yeah. you make a particularly deep one that people like it will sell well for a really long time so I sort of get them trying to swing for the fences and do something different with that. Yeah. The thing I don't get even more so is how the quality control with Sonic Origins and just missing what a relatively defined fan base wants again. You know what I mean? Like... I don't understand how you could take that game. The basic premise of it is just like the visual approach that you loved with Sonic Mania, but now gracing the bedrock classics of the series, right? Yeah. Like it's not a terribly complex idea. Mm. Um, So I just don't get how that core idea, which is really, really strong and something the market would absolutely devour 
you could get all these other aspects of it completely wrong from basic quality control to making it this really labored animal as far as like the tiers of DLC and what they unlock. Yeah. It was so convoluted, right? Just, yeah. I think that was the start of the end where people were kind of turned off by what it could be. Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge Sonic fan, and I, at this moment, like, I don't plan to purchase it. I don't think I would take a serious stab at purchasing it until there's, like, a, you know, fixed, like, game of the year edition or whatever with all the DLC rolled up into it, because that just seemed like such an annoying mess to navigate, like, as a consumer for what should be an unbelievably simple product. You know what I mean? It it doesn't help they delisted the uh, the previous versions that they had on is on Steam, right. especially Sonic Three. Right. Um, there was no reason to do that, and yeah, it kind of I don't know. Sega is kind of a weird animal. Yes. It's like. They have many different departments, and some hit gold, some do not. Yeah. And with the Sonic team, they are definitely going through some bad times, or difficult times, I should say. Um, it's weird, because we tend to think of a lot of the other companies as much more monolithic in nature, but I don't think there's another company out there that is almost such a like schizophrenic, 20-sided die as Sega is like, you just don't know which version of that team or, you know, what kind of level of stewardship you're going to get over that. Because like we've had just some incredible highs in the last few years between Sonic mania and streets of rage four. And both of those games got great DLC packets that were absolutely worth the purchase. And then they turn around and, you know, there's these other Sonic projects in the works that just make you scratch your head and just go, didn't you guys just learn that, like, (laughs) not only (laughs) (laughs) please go on. Oh, no, I I was trying to confirm, like, didn't somebody who he's not part of Sonic team, but he assisted and he did other Sonic projects. He commented on something that was going on where he said like, yeah, we did QA and they kind of pushed us a little bit aside and did their own thing after we submitted our own version of it. Yeah. What was his name? I don't remember. Cause is that the, is that Christian Whitehead? I'm not sure. The guy from head cannon. Cause head I know cannon he was... sounds familiar. Yeah. Cause they were, they were the ones that worked on mania. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you look it up, he did either he or somebody from that company mentioned, yeah, we did all we could, but, and we even gave advice, but they kind of pushed us aside and just took what we had and just put in what they wanted, replaced some stuff and shipped it out the door without really doing much QA. And that's what you get, man. Yeah. I don't know. That's really unfortunate. It is. It's. So in slightly more heroic news, um, somebody did something that 
makes both you and I happy. There was a Nintendo fan who bought $40,000 worth of Nintendo stock. And he used that purchase as leverage to get into an investor call in which he asked, where the hell is my new (laughs) F-Zero? And, you know, you and I will return to this sad, dusty well every once in a while to openly lament the fact that it's now been... 19 years since the last feels more like, f-zero yeah i think mid 2000s well yeah i right? mean uh, f-zero gx dropped in 2003 wasn't the last game a game boy advance game eh, in Japan i don't i mean i suppose you could count those i don't know that i would per se i mean this may yeah. also be me being console boy and you being the handheld wonder, you know. No, I would I mean, understand because it's not like a reinvention of F-Zero. It's kind of like based on the Super Nintendo version, Super Famicom version, ported to Game Boy Advance, and then and then iterated tweets, upon. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, I would say it half counts. I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, they need to uh, I'm you know it if F Zero actually comes out because of him, we should all send five dollars to this guy through GoFundMe or something like that because this Done. guy would be a hero. Yeah. I it's a smart move. Because if you think about it, number one, Nintendo stock is always going to be high. Right. So if you invest in Nintendo, yeah, you're going to get your money. Well, I guess they just announced. Now, I I know Mm -hmm. very little about stocks, but I guess they announced that Nintendo is doing what is known as a stock split. Where every share that exists right now will become 10 shares. Wow. So I guess it's a move does, that's aimed at making them like more attractive to investors overall. There's like more stock out yeah. there, I guess, equals more opportunities for people to buy it, et cetera, et cetera. So it's an interesting right, thing. So, so now we got to convince people, you people who think about NFTs thinking that they're going to be good someday. Here's why don't you take your money? Yes. <laughs> and it's for the, the greater of good. Yeah. You're going to get money. Hand over mm-hmm. fist. You right. put that money towards Nintendo. I guarantee you. Yeah. I mean, how many times have people said, oh, Nintendo's going down. Yeah, their stock's going down. Oh, no, they didn't. They didn't announce blah 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 for the umpteenth time oh no their sock is going down and then suddenly shoots right back up so right right nft boys get your act together yeah go put some go buy some nintendo stock invest in an actual thing yes and uh share a little bit of money towards my way since i hook a brother up i might need it down the future hey hey Nice. Um, other than that, uh, (laughs) 
So uh, this will sort of roughly connect with the big question topic to be discussed later because it's a question yes. about sort of dialogue and gamers and the social media landscape and like, you know, what expectations yes. should be. Maybe some people take things too far. However, mm-hmm. um, as an example of a developer talking on social who probably got exactly what they deserved, um, EA decided to chime in on the there are 10 but meme and they stepped in it in a particularly interesting way given their recent history. The tweet was, there are 10, but they only play single-player games. <laughs> now, there's a long history of either their executives talking about like just how much more important and valuable the multiplayer component is in any game EA produces. Um, there's also been cases where they've taken over studios and then fired most of the developers there because they were only working on single player games. Um, it's also funny because pretty recently they announced the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order being created by Respawn, which is a very anticipated game, myself included. That also happens to be a single player game. <laughs> so, wow. a variety of people that weighed in on this in a very pointed manner. And to their credit, EA did actually come back and they were like, well, I think we deserve the roasting. You know, we're going to take the L on this one. Um, As they should take all of the L's. <laughs> take all of them. You can have mine. Right. Take all of them. Build a house yeah. with them. Cozy up because you're going to live there for a long time. You suckers. <laughs> <laughs> I just, man, you know, here's the thing. Like I do social media management. Yes. And the problem is that like when you were navigating a space and attempting to, if you're attempting to nurture a digital community around a product, whatever it is, you have to be very conscious about what its shortcomings are, what sort of known problems are, and you really have to program around those things. Exactly. I mean, you have to be very sensitive to whatever known gripes are, because if you're not, you're going to find out in a hurry that people are paying attention and people continue to be not happy about whatever the thing, you know, whatever shortcoming the thing you're attempting to promote is. Um, Most definitely. I mean, (laughs) um, well, you got to know how to navigate that minefield because not everyone has it. And I don't care if you're in a social media position. If you're not good with that stuff, don't play with fire. Because you're going to get not only yourself burned, but your whole company, and that'll cost you your job. And do you think that's worth it just to bring some attitude to your company? 
I mean, I can understand if your company is kind of pressuring you to do something like that, but we can't all be like that. I mean, not it everyone can like be it like was the just, Wendy's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no like one just... can be like Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, no one should ever try to score a W off of Wendy's on Twitter because it's going to go wrong. She'll burn you. <laughs> it's going to go poorly. She'll grill you up, it's put you in just, a Baconator. Yep. It's going to leave your ass in a sad square patty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> going to put you so down that, with a side of Frosty. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel Frosty, son. Yep. You're going <laughs> to wind up in the chili. Yep. So, yeah. Nice. Um, it's funny, though, because I would actually argue that, like, um, misplaced <laughs> arrogance probably is fully on brand for EA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, with EA, I mean, one of their own developers even spoke out on them because I forget his name, but his studio got closed down because they didn't believe in single player games and he was spearheading one of them. I don't know. Was it the guy who did Dead Space? I don't remember. But mm, I don't recall exactly. Like, but yeah, he a, spoke there, out. There's just there's just a long history of yeah, yeah, and that that's just not a great subject to like. Yeah, if you're trying to just seize the moment and be like breezy and whimsical, like yeah, you should sort of know what skeletons are in the closet and what you know yeah. people are going to reach for if you choose that path. And some people don't know it because, yeah, you may be a social media person, but do you know your product well enough? And it obviously this person who runs that account does not because of (laughs) if you know anything about EA and the past, how much crap they talked about. Oh, yeah. Multiplayer is the thing now. We don't care about single player games. That's for that's for chumps. Right. That's been going on for years. Almost yeah. any veteran gamer knows that. And mm-hmm. yeah, you got to get yourself educated if you're going to be in a social media position for a video game company. You got to know. It's true. Yourself. Otherwise, you're going to get called out so quick. <clears throat> yes. And the internet, don't mess with the internet. Yeah. Always be on your best behavior. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Or if you're going to take a shot, you better be very, very certain that you have the high ground. (laughs) Don't be like Anakin. (laughs) Don't do it. I hate you. (laughs) Yep. Sorry. Sorry about that. You got to watch the high ground, man. Yeah. Uh, You were the chosen one. So in an interesting thing, um, the developers of Ghosts of Tsushima, Sucker Punch, um, were oddly forthcoming when talking about a new project that they're excited about, because they went out of their way to dispel rumors that it was not a return to either fan favorites, Infamous, or Sly Cooper. And... Mm. I think that's a really refreshing move. <laughs> you think so? Because, well, yeah, because there's so many companies like, 
and Nintendo themselves are particularly egregious with this. Like, mm-hmm. you announce something is in the works, and then there's a prolonged yeah. period of speculation where fan base of Company X is really hyped up, and they're just chattering back and forth about what it could be, and some people are really hopeful it's this thing, and some others are really hopeful it's that thing. And I think to know that there was this dialogue out there about them and their new project and just going, you know what? We don't want to disappoint people like way in advance. Like, let's just make sure they know that it's not this or this. Well, I think that's, that's good a good of them. move. Yeah. yeah. Cause we'll talk about it later, but uh-huh. <laughs> getting people's hopes up. Jeez. Uh- not a, not a good move. And I also, well, I mean, yeah. I, I definitely don't think that like, and we're going to get into that with our big question. Like there's a lot of fervor about these things that is just fucking misplaced. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like just yeah. people in general should be, they should be passionate about other things in this life. <laughs> They need. Um, they need to. They need to simmer down now. Simmer down pretty now. Much, pretty much. Um, but yeah, it's a. <sighs> it's a very interesting time for, for dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> the internet gave us too much power. Uh, or none at all. Um, misguided power. Do power. Sorry. Something like that. It's a giant. It's just a giant funhouse mirror and. You know, we can't yeah. help doing strange things in front of it. What are you playing right now, sir? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, I think you have it too. Capcom fighting collection. Yep. It's nice. I love it. I've been playing yeah. nothing but uh, dark stalkers, night warriors, red earth. Uh, the, what is it? Uh, puzzle fighter and uh super what is it? Mini mix? Gem fighter mini mix? Gem fighter mini mix. Yeah. Especially playing Red Earth, which I've always wanted to play. Never got a home port. Uh, finally tried it out and it's kind of fun. I know it's not perfect, but it's just great to see it. I didn't have any yeah. high expectations of it, but I'm I just mean, glad to see it, what it looks like and how it's, it plays. It's strange to look at this game at which clearly there was an exhaustive amount of artistic effort invested, right? Like, yeah, this is a very beautiful game and the level of animation in it is ridiculous. Of course it was, um, it's one of only six CPS three titles. I believe so. Period. Because there's red earth. There's, the three SF3 games and then the two JoJo games, and that's it. I didn't um, know JoJo was uh, CPS3. Oh, yeah, that's a CPS3 I, game. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was uh, Naomi. Nope. Oh, that's that's good. I mean, that's interesting to hear. Good mm-hmm. to know. But, um, I mean, but no, like, go on. Oh, uh, just. If you're a Capcom fan, especially a 2D fighting Capcom fan, mm-hmm. fighting game fan, you know the feeling how 
any game that Capcom brings out, you're always worrying about, oh, are they going to reuse the sprites again? <laughs> and uh, right. Warzord Red Earth, everything was completely new. Mm-hmm. And you see this game and you look at the characters, you look at, oh my God, the beautiful gra- backgrounds and you want to play it so much. And it never came out in any of our arcades around town in uh, Tucson or even, right. I guess, the West. I never I think saw it in general. Game. Like, I don't even know that like it was commonly seen in Japan either. I don't. I've never seen it. Ever, yeah, I've I don't think there it. were ever a lot of kits of that game sold anywhere. Yeah. Which I think has a huge reason to do why you know it's only appeared now. Yeah. Um, I, yep. I imagine at the time they just looked at the prospect of like attempting to port that to like late era Saturn or Dreamcast and we're just like eh Never mind. Yeah, they did I guess they didn't see the the point because it wasn't really there's no there's no real audience <laughs> waiting for it, you know. Exactly. They never really released it to a general audience, so people who knew about it were kind of diehard guys like us, diehard gamers. Right. Yeah, and that's like maybe less than ten thousand people around the world. Yeah, so is it's that really, really worth? Audience. Yeah, is that worth bringing this out when yeah. maybe they kind of knew the shortcomings too? Because mm-hmm. I mean, it plays fairly well, but it's not polished like Street Fighter Three, Second Impact, or Third Strike. Right. So it's no, it's good to definitely see. Definitely worth a try. You should try yeah. it. I love yep. it. I, I love Capcom Fighting Collection. Um, I recently signed up for a Nintendo Switch Online and uh, started playing some shooters thanks to our Shoot 'em Up special inspired by you and Hoptimus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played a little bit of Musha and uh, Thunder Force. I believe it's number two that's on the NSO, right? Played a little mm-hmm. bit of that. Or is it yeah. four? I don't think um, it's four. It's- I think it's two. Well, four is available as a Sega Ages title on Switch. Yeah, as that I don't have Force yet. Arcade. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that I think it's two then. Okay. And then one game that came out just this week is Zero Wing, which if anyone knows the all your base meme, yeah, there it is. It's yeah. actually a pretty good shooter, from what I can tell. Aside from, I mean, that's from the same good people at uh, Toa Plan. So, yeah, I think you're in good hands if you play that game. Just, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the translation isn't great; it's hokey, but kind of look past that and just play the game for what it is. I think you'll enjoy it. I, I've been having a a bit of fun, and I want to play it some more when I have more time. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that story's not Shakespeare to begin with. So, yeah. You're not really missing anything. If anything, um, the serious early 90s dose of English <laughs> probably gives it a charm it doesn't really have otherwise. Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I thought it was just fun watching that intro right. again. It was uh-huh. so nice. And the yeah. gameplay is pretty interesting. You have like a tractor beam that sucks up some enemy ships and you can shoot them out. Right. And the soundtrack is pretty dope. I've been mm-hmm. listening to the sound test, and wow, I was pretty amazed how 
how good those beats are, man. Yeah. Give it a try if you got NSO expanded service. Yep. You can play Genesis games and Nintendo 64 games. Yep. That's what I'm preoccupied with. How about you, James? Um, I've been playing some Capcom Fighting Collection, but probably not to the extent that I would actually like. Um, oh, yeah? Just being, you know, kind of intensely plugged into work stuff at the moment. Um, I hear you on that. So, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I have such a deep love for the Darkstalkers slash Vampire series. And oh, me too. it's great to see those games get some love in 2022. Even if I'm not like super optimistic that it's going to result in anything else. Yeah. I still just think that, you know, more of that series getting out into the world and finding their way into players' hands is a good thing because those games are just such insane little works of art like every single one of them there's so much labor and love in all yeah. of those animations you know it's got a very are they ever <laughs> yeah it's got a very different rhythm than the street fighter games do i don't think yeah they really compare directly in the same way um especially if you're talking vampire saber which almost like there's almost a little more of like a killer instinct thing happening with like the way the rounds work and the way the fighting in that game is just so fast and frenetic. Um, yeah. I think that game, that series was definitely, I don't think it was experimental. It wasn't like the experimental street fighter, but they did take a lot of chances. They did yeah. do a lot things that they didn't want to do in normal street fighter because street fighters seem to be a little bit more conservative when it came to gameplay mm -hmm. and especially with the cps2 games i mean the animation definitely wasn't nearly as fluid and it it seemed like dark stalkers was like i don't know if it was like the same team as the street fighter team but wow it felt like it was a different game and I'm glad yeah. that they did that because you just needed that kind of familiar formula that you had mm -hmm. with street fighter with the six buttons and the familiar moves. But at the same time, you have these really cool engaging characters with insane animation. And, and a oh lot of God. them play very differently than most of the street fighter cast as well. And as you said, Vampire Savior with the round system, that was definitely fun mm -hmm. to experience. And yeah. like you said, I think, did Killer Instinct really bite off that? Because I, I, I would No, KI came game. out before it, but I just feel like the yeah. embrace of that with Vampire Savior, it really feels like Capcom are like, oh, we kind of like how that works in that other game. Uh, we should, uh, yeah. Let's incorporate that wrinkle. Yeah, they did a good job with that. I liked it a mm -hmm. lot. So, yeah. and it's nice to have all those animation frames. Jeez, if yes. you had a PlayStation back in the day, <laughs> two frames of animation for most moves <laughs> because of the lack of video RAM, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's terrible. Y and yeah, I mean, those were 
those were pretty severe limitations to all of those ports. I mean, the only, if I recall correctly, the only U.S. release we got of Cyberbots was also a PlayStation port. Um, so it's really also now? great to see, yeah. So it's also great to see Cyberbots show up on this collection as well. Um, that's yeah. also a really beautiful game, and the character design for that one between both the mechs and the human characters that pilot them, it's pretty fantastic. I mean, that's that's the point in Capcom's history when I think most people would agree that they basically had the best art team in the world. And they did. Those those sprites and those portraits were just routinely breathtaking. Man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how they got those collection of artists, but Capcom is one of the main reasons why I started drawing and the reason why I ended up getting an under, undergrad degree in art, studio art, mm-hmm. uh, half illustration, half graphic design. But yeah. mainly, uh, I started drawing because of Bengus and Kinu Nishimura, those two artists from who used to work at Capcom full time. Mm-hmm. Wow, just seeing their stuff really was inspiring. There wasn't any other art like it out there for any video no. game, and the proportions were so—I mean hands big as heads but at the same time they were so stylish stylish and so just really beautiful to behold yeah i still draw to t- uh time to time but thanks to capcom that's the reason why i kind of really unlocked my artistic side and started taking it a little bit more seriously back in the day and i really need to get back into drawing i mean nowadays i'm a teacher, an English teacher, but I still draw from time to time for my students, and it'd be nice to have some time to just do some projects on my own, draw some Capcom sure. characters again, because that's what I did back in the day. A lot of fan art, so good. Absolutely, yeah. So we're gonna take a break right now and acknowledge some of the other terrific programs that can be found right here on the Ruminations Radio Network, which you can find all of them hosted at ruminationsradionetwork.com or, of course, on your favorite podcast platform of choice. We would urge you to check any of our family of shows out. Um, looking at you, Retro Futurist Culture. Um, yeah. Looking at you, Brevity Box. Um, what are some of yeah, your favorites? Double yeah, triple yeah. Uh, 25 yards later, if you're a fantasy football guy, like I am, nice. season's coming up again. So if you like to hear more about uh, who you should pick for your weekly debacle with your friend or opponent, definitely listen to them. Season's coming up in, I guess, a month or two. Yep. Got to get geared up for your draft. Yes. Do it now. so check out all of those shows right here on the ruminations radio network we know you've been scared watching horror movies by yourself well now you don't have to hang out with ruminations of red rum all things horror from movies to the latest spooky 
spooky games we played coming out. But hurry, the killer's behind you. All right, and we are back, everybody. Thank you for hanging out with us here on Oh God, It Hurts. Um, oh God, It Hurts. So this big question... There is a very strange atmosphere prevailing throughout the gaming world right now, and it has a lot to do with developers and the sheer level of shit that they're taking online right now, and some very strange ways that fandom is being felt at the moment. Um... Yeah, There's why you got to disappoint? <laughs> why you people got to disappoint? Not not our fans, but those rabid, uncontrollable fans. Yeah. Why you got to ruin it? Why you got to ruin it? I don't know. Um, why you got to ruin it? There's been some really interesting <laughs> examples where, um, you know, there's a... What is it? Is it Return to Monkey Island? Yes, Return to Monkey Island. Yeah. Uh, Ron so, Gilbert. Yeah, that guy was getting an unbelievable level of hate for the game's art style, presumably from people that played the original Monkey Island games and preferred the way those looked. Hmm. Um, There was also the God of War developer that got a bunch of pictures of people's junk. Yeah, insecure Um, manhoods. Something like that. Um, I never understood that, that, that ritual that insecure men have of sending (laughs) their shriveled manhood to women to make them feel better and thinking that it's actually going to do something to positively benefit them. Why? Why do you do it? Why? All you're you're doing is embarrassing yourself. Yeah. You Um, lack discipline. So the question here is, how much do game developers actually owe fans who seem to be ever more abusive towards them online? Hmm. You know, it's there's a lot of factors at work here. Part of it has to do with you know the intensity and the severe schedules under which these things are developed definitely works against developers um, who, you know, the documentation of crunch periods that so many developers have had to navigate, you know, almost on a universal basis. You know, there's some developers that don't do that and but they're pretty small in number. Most of the time, these projects wind up on really severe and strict development cycles. But like that sort of wedges up against like the expectations that like the marketing teams are creating. Um, but even more troubling is just this sort of attitude by people that like, if you don't make me happy, I'm going to harass you into getting what I want out of this. Extreme entitlement, basically. Pretty much. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that there's a better word or phrase for it, but like, 
I don't know, man. I mean, I, you know, we've definitely evaluated a lot of things on this show and we've called some things out when we've been unhappy with the way they've been portrayed or rolled out. I mean, that first trailer for Street Fighter VI is something that you and I definitely sort of put under the microscope and looked at and felt like it was a bit odd or, you know, at the time, I think the main point was that it didn't really give anything new. And if anything, it just sort of seemed time to try and put a dent in King of Fighters 15 thunder. Yeah. Which, you know, I remember that marketing teams get pressured to do things like that. You know what I mean? Because if you're working in a big company and you're right, you know, your company's biggest rival is putting out this huge project. It's very easy to see how the dominoes in that situation might tumble. And suddenly the marketing team is crap, you know, tasked with whipping up a trailer in really short order and, you know, trying to make what functions as like a counter announcement. Um, it is tough. I mean, not only that, just what do you show out of what you have? You have to be selective because you don't want to show too much. You don't want to show too little. Right. And you want to show some things to get people interested and kind of, it's such a touchy thing. It's like, you got to really be specific nowadays in, in what you're doing when you want to do a teaser or some sort of thing to even releasing a date. Jesus, I mean, the Sony Santa Monica thing kind of spurned because of that. Right. You're picking on a a person that has nothing to do with this date. Showing right. your shriveled junk for <laughs> such a pathetic reason. It's like, dude, get a hold of yourself. It's a freaking game. It's a freaking date. Why don't you? Well, just and like, go? you think of like, if you're a rational person whatsoever, and you sit yeah. down and you think about it, like, literally, you're just making one person's life hell, and it's whoever that social media manager or like person in charge of that announcement is, or in this you're case, not- bystanders. This person was not part of social media or, well, she has an account and she, I don't know what part of the game she works on, but she's not like the head honcho or anything. Right. So why? It was just a, a, an available female target. It's pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. Just pathetic doing something like that. It's despicable. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you're not, you're not going to elicit what you want by doing that you know i mean to be fair like these companies for the most part i would say they probably do actually spend a lot of time dissecting you know what sort of the overall sentiment is from social media like you're never going to get too deep into particulars like people asking for real specific things Mm -hmm. but you know, if people offer a lot of feedback on like a beta of something, or if the sentiment seems to run fairly hot in one direction about a particular thing, like, yeah, you might be compelled to change that. I mean, probably 
and this wasn't actually for a game, but in a related sense, the most famous example of that happening recently would be when Sega chose to completely change how Sonic looked because Sonic in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, the first trailer, he had those really horrible human teeth. And yeah. people out. <laughs> well, it's okay. I mean, he rebounded quite nicely in the Chippendale Rescue Rangers. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, ugly Sonic, man. <laughs> and now people love him. Go figure, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> but I understand what you mean. I yeah. I think uh I think uh, uh I guess another example would be like when I talked about Pac-Man Museum Plus last time mm-hmm. we were on the show. Right. I was saying like yeah, the input lag is it makes the game not fun to play because I every time I want to move a certain direction it either lags and doesn't go that direction or it goes too early and it just makes it a ball of frustration. Right. And for that instance, I didn't hurl slurs or insults to, towards anyone. I just said, you know what? This is not fun and I hope they fix it. But if not, the only thing I can really do is just don't buy things day one from Bandai Namco. Right. Learn my lesson. I mean, there are some good things that Bandai Namco has done that mm-hmm. are emulated a lot better. Yeah. But in this case, you don't see me sending my pictures of my junk to Bandai Namco saying like why did why is the input not working on my joystick? <laughs> Sorry. Right. No, it's no pun it's, intended. Right. <laughs> no, it's uh it's very strange and I don't know it, I don't know how we wound up pointed in this particular direction where yeah people felt as if like i i just don't get how you would come i don't get how you would arrive at the idea that like well this is the way to change things and get what i want you know what i mean because by and large like you're a data point on a social media manager's stats and that yeah. winds up being about it. Now, narratively, if enough people say the same thing over and over again, it might be there might be something valid there. You know what I mean? Like if you weren't the only one to complain about the lag issues present in Pac-Man Museum Plus or, you know, I complain enough about the visualization options and enough other people do then you might get something that actually results in some sort of positive change. There, there but, is one thing, though. Yeah. And uh, in this case, Bandai Namco, uh, as much as uh, there has been a lot of posts on Twitter, Reddit, and whatnot about the lag and asking them, please, can you fix this? Mm-hmm. There has no, been no official response from Bandai Namco. Right. So, well, there's I, that, I, that as well. That might I mean, be a case where they basically said, "Look, we spent this much on the development of this. Yeah, we expected to sell this many copies. Yeah, and if it sells that many copies, 
well, that's fine. And there's no further work to do, you know, <laughs> according to them. Um, that, yeah, that sucks to do that, but yeah. So I don't know. Least... Like I, I understand that like, and I, I understand firsthand that like people have legitimate beefs with some products and the way they come out, but I just, I, uh, I'll just never understand fundamentally like how that translates into like abusing the shit out of somebody online. Like exactly. I think it's really strange. There are lines that should not be crossed on both sides. Yeah. And at the same time, if you want to lodge a complaint or try to push for something, there are many constructive ways to do that. Yeah. Like buy $40,000 worth of shares to get, <laughs> <laughs> get noticed. Senpai noticed me. <laughs> that was 40000 well spent. Yay. But yeah, it's, it's you, weird. You, you see what I mean? It's about how you do it, what words you use. And trust me, the more calm and collected you are and you bring your point, the louder you are. Right. No, because that's the thing is like, whoever is like administering to those accounts or is in charge of like, you know, customer satisfaction, whatever it is, there's just a, there's a high level of noise and like a lot of it's negative and just kind of coarse and it's just people taking a shit or being a troll. But like yeah. when you get like a really focused and thoughtful piece of feedback that still has such a infinitely higher chance of cutting through all of the noise and actually Definitely. reaching somebody, you know, if you're thoughtful yeah. about it and considerate and it just, if you were cognizant that there is a human being on the other end who is tasked with processing this yeah. fuck ton of noise, like, and, and that's just, why there's that filter. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Just zag when everyone else is zigging, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it will pay off. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's what I think about that. And as for Ron Gilbert and his uh, change of direction with the style of his uh, game, that's his baby, man. Monkey Island. Yeah. That's like one of the classic uh, point and click adventures. And when I looked at it, I thought it was fine. I actually liked it. Yeah. And no, I mean, it's not I get consistent. That it's not technically like pixel art and it's not completely yeah. consistent with what came before but like you know that approach was also probably production savvy as well you know what i mean like there's a variety of shortcuts that are taken through middleware across gaming that just makes animation or doing particular things easier and faster for developers so, of course, a game's not going to be made the same way that it was in, like, 1989. You know what I or, mean? Or, yeah, or it could be personal choice. Yeah. Just people's styles change over time, yep. especially for artists. Yeah. 
I mean, look at Bengus, now known as CRMK or yeah. CMRK. I don't mm-hmm. remember the order of the initials, but yeah, I used to really love his stuff back when he did things for Darkstalkers and Night Warriors and uh, Street Fighter Alpha. Yeah, And then his style slowly changed, and now I personally feel, yeah, his style is not as great as it was back then. Yeah. But you don't see me putting up some sort of tantrum just because he's not drawing in the style that I wish he could draw again. Yeah. That's just maturation as an artist. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like it, just... Step away from your computer. Play something else, man. <laughs> go go outside. As the kids say nowadays, touch grass. Uh-huh. <laughs> touch grass. We really need a society where we have some sort of policing where anytime someone acts up on social media and starts going crazy, showing their junk to unsolicited junk pictures or saying uh, slurs or whatnot on social media, they got to get their devices taken away for several months or years. And (laughs) you got to put like one of those little tracker devices. So anytime they're like 10 feet within a, uh, any sort of computer or smartphone, they're going to get zapped. (laughs) Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. We need, we need a version of the thought police for people like these. Just, because they need to know, be man. controlled. They, they're just menaces to society. We don't need it. <laughs> Put those monitor bracelets on. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Just be a human. Yeah. Don't be a monster. Yep. That's all I got to say. <sighs> all right. Bunch I think of we're going to leave with that. Be a human. Don't be a monster. I'm think- just a human. I'm just a human being. Was that from Fear of a Black Hat? Yes, it was. I want to watch that movie again. I miss it. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think this was definitely a very good journey today. Some good times. Some good times. And of course, you know, I wish you the best with your procedure coming up. I know it's going to come out just fine. So, yeah, I, I'm staying positive. Yeah, everyone else should be too. Just stay positive. Don't be a negative Nancy. Yeah. Touch grass. <laughs> Go out. Don't let frustrations take you. Yep. Just step away from the smartphone and be a human. Yep. Is, is that our new model? Be a human. Pretty good. Don't be a monster. Be a human. I'm going to put that on Threadless. You can buy my shirts next month. Buy his shirt. <laughs> Be a human. <laughs> All right. It was good, Everybody, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Oh God, It Hurts. And uh, we'll see you down the line.
Do you want more and amazing and awesome content just like this? Great shows with fun hosts. Do you want to indulge in some great discussion and rumination on a variety of topics? Join us at ruminationsradionetwork.com, the newest home to a diverse cast of podcasters and masterminds.